Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 4 action is Vic Choksi, host of Chalk Talk on Sports Intel. Vic, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, Rob. I'm excited to talk some NFL with you. And you and I have been circling each other for years, it seems. We've certainly been friends on Twitter, but it's good to finally be able to jam with you. It is. I, I got to give you a quick shout out, man. I joined one of your podcast webinars last year, and that was one of the things that inspired me to actually start my own podcast. So I wanted to give you a quick shout out. I don't know if you knew that, but like you said, I've been following you for a little while, and I love your inspirational morning posts. They get me going. And your webinar helped give me the confidence to start my pod. So I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you for saying that. And I do remember that webinar. So what we're going to do is jam about NFL week four. But first, let's look back at week three. And these stats come from my man, Jason Logan. You can follow him on Twitter at Covers JLo. Um, in week three, favorites went nine and seven against the spread. The total, nine and seven to the over. Looking at the season, it's been pretty middle of the road. Favorites, 25 and 23 against the spread. However, over betters continue to do well, 29 and 19 to the over on the season. Um, in terms of our bets, big Mick bet of the week hit yet again to go 3-0 on the season. It was easy peasy with the Colts and the Patriots. We knew going into the week we were going to have a little bit of a smaller one to move on to other weeks. Uh, we did take an L with our pick-a-loser of the Cleveland Browns. And this is a game that the Browns had every opportunity to not cover in the second half. Washington was up and they were getting seven and a half, but uh, pulled away from Washington who just played dumb with Dwayne Haskins, which will happen. And then we also took an L on our get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the Broncos. That was a loser immediately. Uh, chalk it up to the game. It's why we do this. So let's now get to week four. And the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm not a fan of this slate from a finding value in having a lot of games stick out to me standpoint, because I see a whole bunch of uncertainty in teams that I do not trust. And Vic, I'm curious your initial thoughts on the week. No, I agree with you, man. There's a lot of games that I just looked at and I'm like, I'm not, playing these games uh, so I don't love the slate like I did the last couple of weekends and but there are a couple of games I'm sure we'll wrap about a little bit that do stick out but overall as a whole card there's just a lot of teams that I can't trust right now and and I just didn't love the card at first glance and I think one of the keys to being successful at sports betting and I love to have action as many different places as I can but in terms of your bankroll, it is sometimes the bets that you don't make that can be equally as important. And what I'm always looking for is value and opportunities. And as we'll look at in some of these games, I just don't see a ton of value because there's so much uncertainty. I mean, look at last week, the Bears Falcons. I didn't have action on that game because I was like, either one of these teams can win this game. You look at the Seahawks Cowboys, either one of these teams can win this game. And how often so far this year we have seen 
um, tickets cash one way or another in the final minute of games. And for that, of course, we as sports bettors love the sweats. But at the same time, I would much rather have the Colts blowing out the Jets on my ticket. And when things are so up and down or 50-50 coin flip, I'm not as likely to say I need to be betting on this game other than just to try and get some action. Yep. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Just a lot of novice sports bettors, you, you're watching a game, you're like, hey, let me just bet on it, right? And th- we've all been there. I used to do that all the time. So like you said, some of these games where you don't bet actually saves you money and helps your bankroll in the long run. So it, it's good that you kind of go about, and that's what I do. I try to Sunday night when the lines come out, look at the card, initial glance and jot down some notes and put aside some games I love. But this week, right when I looked at it, I was like, there's a bunch of games that I'm sitting out. So here's my mindset for this week. Seeing as how we feel a little bit uncomfortable about some of these games, I'm reverting back to my fundamentals as much as I can, given all the things that have changed. So number one, I'm looking at key numbers. So am I able to get points that are at a key number or above a key number? Number two, I traditionally like home teams getting points. I think the thing that changed this year is how much is home field advantage worth? I'm seeing that number for me is continuing to decrease. Last week, I heard that number being down to one. And for some people, I'm hearing they're actually making that number a zero so that there is no home field advantage. And it makes sense because how much does crowd noise and emotion play into games? And if you're a team that is significantly better than the other team and you're on the road, well, keeping a lead may be a little bit more difficult when the um, Seattle isn't going bananas whatsoever and you can hear actually what's going on. No, you bring up a great point. I think we saw that firsthand when we watched the Packers at the Saints. Any other year, that crowd would be deafening, that noise. But instead, you had Aaron Rodgers getting the Saints – off every single time with this hard count, right? So to your point, the good quarterbacks are the ones that I'm definitely seeing have an advantage on the road. It doesn't matter. And like you said, I talked to some odds makers. They started initially at one, one and a half for home field advantage down from three, and now they're down to zero, like you said. Uh, so to confirm that a little bit, I just talked to a couple odds makers yesterday, and they agree with you. And what I'm saying with all of this is not absolute but these are guiding principles. So just because the number is at seven doesn't mean it's an automatic play. But I think one thing that I try and impart on this podcast is mindset for how we're choosing what we're doing. And when we're looking at uncertainty, you say, well, fundamentally, what type of better am I? Uh, The last thing that I'll say is I will be looking to once again, jump on the live betting markets. And this is something that has been an ongoing narrative for over a year for me on this podcast in certainly the last few months and yet another great example of this last week Pittsburgh Steelers favorites going against the Texans down 14 to three in the first half I look line is plus six and a half and I'm like sign me up for that immediately of course the Steelers come back and win but I think that when we have so much uncertainty in the slate the live betting is where you have the opportunity because you can see a little bit because if those lines move two, three, four, five, six points one way or another. Now, all of a sudden, that's where the value presents itself. Whereas right now, it might be a little bit tighter. I'm glad you brought that up. There's definitely 
again, good quarterbacks. When I can get value on good quarterbacks being down and the Steelers game was exactly one of those instances, that's definitely worth a live bet to me. And there's a game I circled this week was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, to, to your point. If I can get a better value on that line, I'm going to be taking them live. So every week I circle a couple of games where I'm like, okay, if I can get some value or just a couple of points here or there, I'm going to be taking this game live. So I, I like that philosophy of yours. Okay, so we'll get into some of these games a little bit deeper, but I like what you said there. So here's some games that I'm identifying right out of the gate that are going to be live betting games for me. Colts minus two and a half at Bears. Boom, that line's so tight right there. Bears score early. All of a sudden, that completely changes right there. Um, I'm probably not going to be on this game, but you look at a game like Cowboys-Browns at four and a half. Once again, you're looking at these tighter lines, four and a half, three, two and a half. Uh, Cards-Panthers, I think that's another one. If the Panthers, I kind of like Teddy Two Gloves. He covered for us last week against the Chargers. So that's a game that's very polarizing because we've been on Arizona three weeks. They've won two of the three, but it's a unique week for them. Bills-Raiders, there's another one. Minus three for the Bills right there. Are there any others that stand out to you? The Bucs one was one that stuck out to me. I like the, the Colts one just because I think that game is going to come down to the last drive. And so if the Colts score early, I like the Bears getting points. Uh, and if the Bears score early, I like the Colts getting points. So I like that you mentioned that game as well. And then I'm actually looking at the Pats-Chiefs game. If I can get a little bit more than seven points on the Patriots, that's one that I've circled as well. So if the Chiefs come down, they score early like they normally do, I, I like getting some live value on the Patriots in that situation as well. So let's dream about that Colts-Bears game real quick because there's something inside of me, my spider sense, that still doesn't trust the Colts. And I think it stems from week one, they lost to the Jags, and I don't want to overreact to that. But there's a continuity thing. The challenge being with the Colts is their defense has been fantastic. They're number one in DVOA right now, first against the pass, 12th against the rush. The Bears on the flip side, their defense also been very good, sixth in DVOA. But I think when we look at the Bears, I don't think we trust them. We're both in Chicago. Bears 3-0 on the season. I don't think that either team has particularly played a murderer's row when it comes to am I impressed by what I'm seeing. As a Bears fan, what are you seeing now that Nick Foles is quarterback and we're not looking at this with Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, you brought up some good points. The reasons you stated is why I'm actually staying away from this game from a betting aspect. As a Bears fan and just as someone that watches the Bears a lot, the biggest difference you could see when folks came in was just his grasp of the offense, right? You could tell he was audibling, he was changing up calls, he was calm. He, he, had that, he has that it factor he always has off the bench, and you could see it right off the bat, just how he leads receivers. I think that's the other big thing we've never seen from Mitch, right? Um, but just how he leads receivers, how receivers can run under the ball and just audibling. And so, again – they brought Filippo in in the offseason. He's running that same offense that he had from the Super Bowl year. And so you can tell. You can tell right off the bat. And that's why I'm interested to see how he does against a very, very good Colts defense this weekend. 
And I think one of the keys on the Colts side is Phillip Rivers has a propensity to turn the ball over. So for the Bears to stay in the game and or win, I think you can look at the turnover battle. The Bears are going to have to win that, and Phillip Rivers will certainly give opportunities for that. Uh, I know you mentioned the Bucs, so actually let's get to our get comfortable, being uncomfortable, bet of the week. And I pretty much could have just put the entire slate on there. And up until five minutes before the podcast, I actually had the Eagles plus seven at the 49ers in there. And my logic for that was going down with the ship. One, we're at that key number of plus seven. But as I just continued to marinate on it, I felt absolutely nauseated because I've been on the Eagles, I think twice so far. And I don't know who the receivers are. I just saw that Jalen Rager is now on the IR. Deshaun Jackson is who knows what's going on right there. And there's just so much grossness about what's going on with the Eagles. And get this, the Eagles offense has been the issue. They are absolutely terrible. How terrible have they been? The only NFC team to score fewer points than the Eagles are the Giants. So Carson Wentz hasn't impressed me at all. He's turned the ball over a ton. I don't know who he's thrown to, but I was like, well, wait a second. This is where a team that's 0-3, it's gross. It makes no sense. But then I was like, you know what? I just can't do it because – I remember what it felt like to be on the Eagles last week, and it was absolutely disgusting watching them against the Bengals. So I am throwing that to the side because I envisioned the 49ers just running the ball a million times like they always do. I saw they might get George Kittle back. I saw they might get Jimmy Garoppolo back. Um, So I actually jumped ship, pun intended, to Chargers Bucks. And give me the Chargers plus seven and a half. And quite frankly, I feel very gross about this. But what actually did it for me is I actually saw the seven and a half. It started at six and a half, went to seven, then to seven and a half. So we got no Chris Godwin this week for the Bucks. As a whole, I've been looking to fade the Bucks on the season. Um, the Chargers looked bad against uh, Carolina. So they're down. The Bucs, they smoked the Broncos, so they're up. So one of the things that I like to do is we've all got recency bias. Let's flip that. If the Chargers looked bad and the Bucs looked good, to me, that's opportunity. And the Chargers in their two losses lost by only a combined eight points. So for me, that means their defense gives an opportunity to keep it close. Their issue, like the Colts or Phillip Rivers, has been turning the ball over. They just turn the ball over too much. And when you do that, you're not going to win as uncomfortable as I feel taking this. Give me the chargers seven and a half versus the Bucks. I like that bet. I like it a lot, man. And it's also kind of a Joe's versus pros kind of game, right? You mentioned recency bias for sure. And because of that, the public's hammering the bucks and some of the sharp money and some of the money quote unquote is coming in on the chargers. Uh, there's about 70% of public, on Tampa Bay where 80% of the money is actually coming on the Chargers. So I like your uncomfortable bet there, man. That's uh, again, that's why I circled that game and I'm hoping the bucks go down super early where I can get them like kind of at a pick them or, you know, something like that, just cause I don't feel comfortable laying the seven points with them. Do you have a get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week? I do, man. People are going to call me crazy, but I like the Miami dolphins this weekend uh, to me. 
I think they're going to be a live dog, man. And eight, everyone's hammering Seattle, understandably so. They're 3-0. and They're 3-0 and ATS as well. Russell Wilson is putting on a show, right? Back-to-back five-touchdown games. But I like the Finns, man. They play hard for Flores. They got a good coach. They got a good defense. Fitzmagic is going to cook the Seahawks secondary. That's, that's just how I see it. So I know a lot of people are going to think this is a gross bet, man. But those are kind of all the reasons, positive reasons, at least I tell myself that, that I like Miami in the spot. And the last one is weather. It's going to be hot and muggy this weekend in Miami. And, uh, and so I think the Seahawks kind of burn out a little bit in the second half. So I'm taking the fins. I don't know if that fits exactly, you know, being uncomfortable. But when I tell people I'm taking Miami this weekend, they think it's a gross bet. So I'm going with that for this one. It is uncomfortable, and it is a bet that I also considered, so that let that be a sort of um, little red flag right there in terms of we're both thinking the same way. Why does this make us uncomfortable? Because Russell Wilson has covered 57% of the time that he has been the quarterback for the Seahawks. Right now, the Seahawks are flying high. The challenge for them, their defense has been trash. Jamal Adams, uh, he's dealing with a groin injury. Chris Carson dealing with a knee issue. And as you mentioned, Fitzmagic, that back door is always open for them. Um, Of course, we can see very easily the narrative in terms of how the Seahawks can win by a touchdown. Um, This is a game that I will certainly be looking to potentially add to my card, and I would likely be on the Dolphins' side. And I do want to make sure I reiterate something. I am not on the Eagles. That was my thought process for the Eagles, but I do not want to have any stake in anybody betting the Eagles because I want to absolve myself from it uh, whatsoever. And this is actually a great segue for us to the big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week. Our goal for this is just to create a winning bet. And it's actually a few of the different teams that we talked about last week, just a two teamer because I didn't feel comfortable with a lot of the stuff. We got the win this week. We got a lot of big spreads. So I've actually got a four teamer, including the Seahawks. who you just talked about. So give me the Seahawks minus 278. Give me the Ravens minus 770. Give me the Rams minus 625. And give me the Chiefs minus 295. That four-teamer comes in at plus 139. And originally I had this as a five-teamer, including Tampa. But then I was like, wait a second. I can't include Tampa in my big Mick, assuming the game is only going to be by seven points or less. I felt that that was just hampering me a little bit too much. So for me, the Ravens and the Rams is the no-brainer. If I think to myself, where am I most exposed I don't really feel good betting against the Patriots, but I do feel good money line on the Chiefs. And like you said, I actually like the Dolphins, but I do believe that the Seahawks will win. So for me, that's my four-teamer. Do you have a big make bet of the week? I like it. I love your big make uh, parlays, man. I always follow them on Twitter. So uh, I love those, and I love that you do that. I'm just looking at the numbers here, but I do. I like three teams this weekend I like Baltimore coming off a loss I think they're going to be pissed off and Washington's missing Chase Young and so I'm seeing that them around minus 790 uh, 770 across the board I like the Rams Uh, that's another team I I like to just take care of business just get the just get the W minus 696 I'm seeing and then I like the Niners Uh, I think they take care of business this weekend Uh, for a lot a lot of the reasons you said man just who does, the, who does the Eagles have? But again, 
this might be one of those trap spots, but I just don't see it. I think they, they're able to run the ball down Philly's throats and uh, take care of business there. So I got the, I got the Niners, the Rams, and the Ravens as my big MIG money line parlay. All right, and you mentioned the Ravens, so let's get to our pick-a-loser of the week. The goal of this bet is actually to think differently about how we pick games. We want to pick a losing bet, and this really gets you to evaluate things differently. And for me, this sort of goes against the fundamentals like I talked about in the beginning of the show, but my pick-a-loser is Washington plus plus 13 taking on the Ravens. The Redskins have turned the ball over seven times in the last two di- the last two games. My big concern about this bet is Washington's D is fourth in DVOA. But like you mentioned, we all can see the narrative of where the Ravens are going to come back angry. And guess what? This is not really much of a road game. And one other thing from Jason Logan's recap that he mentioned, favorites of six points or more on the season are 14 and seven against the spread. So if I'm going to look at the narrative, I like the blowout potential. I like an angry Ravens team. So my pick a loser, even though I don't like giving 13 points to a team to be my loser that Washington is my pick-a-loser of the week. What about you? I like it. I'm going along kind of the same lines with the Giants. And so, to me, I thought last weekend was a great situational spot for them. I had them covering. That was one of my favorite picks of the week. And now they go out to L.A. against a team coming off of a loss. So, similar situation. And so, I think the Rams are just going to run it down their throats. I hate laying this many points in general, two touchdowns in the NFL game. But the Giants just looked dead to me, man. Injuries, Saquon's out, poor coaching. Just if they couldn't win it last weekend or even come close to being competitive, I don't see how they go into L.A. and, and keep this one close. So I'm uh, my loser, pick a loser pick is the New York Giants this week. One narrative that I was thinking about this week given all the changes from the pandemic is there's a greater opportunity at outliers happening throughout the season. Some trends like we're seeing with the overs hitting so much. And I was like, well, why would the overs hit so much? Well, teams may be doing it at a faster pace due to being able to get the ball off quicker because there's less crowd noise. But at the same time, there might be an opportunity for us to see the polls, the best teams and the worst teams really separate themselves from a betting standpoint. So the great teams crushing and the horrible teams doing bad. And then this week we see a whole bunch of middle. That's why there's a little bit of uncertainty this week on some of these games, because so many of them are so close. I'm not saying this is a narrative that is 100% happening, but it's something that's on my mind because if I'm taking the Ravens and you're taking the Rams and we're seeing these giant spreads, it's just something to follow because things are a little bit different this year. And traditionally we would like to have a home team getting points as a short road dog. So let's say a team's getting to net, like the bears are a great example. I think normally I would be more inclined to be on the bear side of things, but how much is that home field really coming into play? And the answer is almost none. So I think me loving home dogs or at least short home dogs may not be as relevant this year as it has been in years past. So that's why I'm thinking about, Hey, are some of these great teams, chiefs, Ravens, like you're seeing with the Rams, are they having a greater opportunity to really just smoke these bad teams? 
No, you bring up a very good point. We kind of touched on it ahead of time with the home field advantage and how odds makers are seeing that as well. So I agree with you, man, especially early in the season. You know, it'll probably even out a little bit towards the end of the year. But right now, these good teams and good quarterbacks definitely have that advantage. And I I think that we're going to continue to see some overs and some blowouts early on, at least the first half of the season. Um, let's end this on a quick game of popcorn. We'll see some of these games and give some quick thoughts. Uh, Lions at home taking on the Saints. Saints four-point favorites. And what's curious about this game is the, the Saints started five-and-a-half-point favorites, and the line has actually gone down. And it's very logical to be like, well, the Lions just had a great win, and the Saints are coming off a loss. Boom, bounce back potential for the Saints and come back down to earth potential for the Lions. But then, of course, the line moves the other way. For me, put this in live betting category because – Um, I see every reason for why I would want to bet the Saints, but there is an element of the lines that make me uncomfortable from a slinging the rock all over the place standpoint. I love the lines in the spot, if not for their coach, Matt Patricia, because I just don't know if they're going to blow that fourth quarter lead and uh, just choke the spread away, but it's a good spot for the lions, man. And uh, I really like them when in my initial look, but like you said, it might be a live game where I can get a little bit more, in terms of value, but the Saints have disappointed me. That was a good spot last weekend for them. And um, teams are knowing now that if Michael Thomas is out, let's just push everyone up and have Drew Brees beat us over the top. And he's been struggling. So uh, I like the Lions initially, but I'll hold off on them and see if I can get some more live value on them. Uh, We got Packers laying seven at home, taking on the Falcons. And I had a friend text me who said, how do you not include the Packers in your money line parlay? And for me, it comes down to the defenses on both teams are so bad. The Packers DVOA 28th, which is just atrocious. This game has a gigantic over-under. 58. There's going to be points all over the place. This is a game where last week we thought that the Falcons had to throw the kitchen sink because it's a must-win game. They all of a sudden go and choke again. So this is really a must-win game right now. The Packers are flying high right here. Do you have any thoughts on this? Because for me, this is a stay-away game on a pre-game bet basis. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. If it was any other team than the Falcons, I would love them in this spot, man, just because you mentioned it. Packers are riding high. Recency bias, the public's all over them. Everyone hates the Falcons right now, and understandably so, after two of the, probably the worst losses I've ever seen back-to-back in my life. And so, but like you, I'm, I'm staying away just because I, I can't trust them, man. I don't know what's going to happen. And their defense is banged up, right? Last week we saw their cornerbacks are out. And, and so, and then they had a couple of in-game injuries against the Bears as well. So if the Packers come to play, they'll probably blow them out. But from a betting perspective, I love getting seven, seven and a half. But if it was anybody other than the Falcons, uh, so I, I just can't do it. I'm like you, I'm staying away. You got Raiders taking on the Bills. Bills three-point road favorites. And the Bills were extremely impressive last week against the Rams, albeit a game of two games, up 28 to three. And then all of a sudden they get down and then Josh Allen brings them back. 
And because of that, we know that there's such a quick strike opportunity. We're seeing the total on this moving up towards the over right there. This is another live betting opportunity for me because if the Bills get down, they are a great team. If you can get them in plus money, plus I mentioned this last week, I don't exactly trust the Raiders, though I expect in this game they're going to be running the ball a ton because that's the area where the Bills struggle. I actually like the Raiders a lot in this spot. So a fun stat I found, again, just a trend. I, I, it's just a tool in the toolbox. But the Bills are 1-6 ATS and straight up in their last seven games in the Pacific time zone. So, you know, fits this game. The public's on the Bills, of course. Everyone's down on the Raiders a little bit. But I like the Raiders' offense, man, just because of what you mentioned, that their ability to run the ball, their ability to score late. Um, and I like some of the things Gruden is doing there. So it reminds me of the game against the Saints a couple weeks ago where you're getting the, the Raiders in a good spot. So I actually like the Raiders getting three here. All right, so let's do a quick recap of our picks. Um, for me, my big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the week, give me the Rams, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. My pick a loser, give me Washington plus 13, in my get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week, give me the Chargers plus seven and a half. Vic, recap your picks. Yeah, so my big make money line parlay. I got the Niners, the Rams, and the Ravens. My pick a loser is definitely the Giants. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable there. And uh, my get uncomfortable pick of the week is the Miami Dolphins. I think they actually have a shot to win the game. That might mess up your big make money line parlay. So I apologize ahead of time, but I think they got a real chance to hang in, in that game and maybe pull it out at the end. Vic, really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at DocSquad33 or Instagram at VicChoxy. And check out my work on sportsintel.com. I'm hosting a new show called Chalk Talk. Every week I have a fun guest from the industry on, sort of similar to this where we just chop it up and then – talk best bets, talk about their story a little bit. So you can catch me out there. I hope to have you on my show one day. So, you know, let's definitely talk about that as well. But thank you for having me. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL week four card? Do you have a pick a loser, get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week or your big Mick money line parlay? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And thank you so much to everyone who every week hits me up on Twitter, lets me know what your bets are because I love being part of this community. I love jamming about the wins and the losses and the bad beats and the sweats that we have together. And the one thing that you can do that really helps out, if you dig this show, jump on iTunes, give us a rating and review. When you do, I will give you a shout out on the show. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of Delic Devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump, pumping in your back trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two.